Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome you to Porch Talk and I Never Talk. It's your host, Alan, and uh, open mic last night, Munson Brothers and Fire Camino came out and gave people a little taste of what Porch Fest may be like. You know how they have the Shaky Knees Festival? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like this podcast is going to be like shaky hands, because after all the fucking drinking we did last night. <laughs> yeah, so uh, full disclosure, uh, and it may hit there. It may hit there anyways. There may be something to do with that, but we tried to record an episode last night, and uh, uh I didn't know you felt that way about those people. Um, <laughs> you know, I I just had to let the people know that uh, I just don't like them. Uh, well, uh, some people get to where they uh, they get to drinking too much, and they can't drive. <laughs> people Look, I hit one curb, and it's the end of the world. <laughs> and then some people get to drinking, and they can't talk. <laughs> It's pretty hard when you run a talk show. And if you put the two of us together. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, man, appreciate you uh, staying over uh, just to be sure that we get this in the books. Uh, if, if y'all are unfamiliar, go back and listen to the, the first time Fire Camino came on. It was a similar situation. We tried Skype, and uh, that didn't work. I don't know what's up with the internet and Trustful. That was terrible. It's awful. Um, uh, Yeah. We couldn't get the first one. Uh, We just kept having technical issues and stuff. And then, like, we left it, came back a couple hours later, a couple more keystones deep, and then, boom, we talked for, like, what, three hours? It was long ups. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, man, I think it's the uh, the mucus that binds us, man, and that mucus happens to be Taylor Hollingsworth. Yeah. Um... A lot of respect for uh, for him and what he does, and I mean, we both are uh, fans of his and friends of his. 
and just the fact that we get to uh, collaborate on some projects out the gate. Um, the Nick in Birmingham, Alabama, the house that Staples built on uh, March 17th, this is Sunday, um, the house that Staples built, Fire Camino Rise Again, third annual St. Patrick's Day party, and Taylor Hollinsworth is going to open for Fire Camino. Yeah. <laughs> we got Taylor open, and we also got Kids Scuba. So come out for that. That's going to be a hell of a show. So I'm going to be giving away some guitars. We're going to get wild. You know, typical St. Patty's. Yeah. If you've never done a St. Patty's Day with uh, <laughs> Fire Camino, I highly recommend it. Guitars will be broken. Um if there's a pitcher of beer around, he's probably going to pour it on himself. <laughs> and there's always going to be that one guy who was supposed to DD, but he ended up getting a whole lot drunker than anybody else. <laughs> it's a time It's a time you'll never remember and a night you'll never forget. That's what, I, that's what I'd say. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be making my way over to Birmingham uh, for that evening, and uh, I'm not going anywhere. If I had to sleep in the parking lot. Hey, people have done it before. People have done a lot worse than sleeping there in that parking lot. <laughs> it is Nick. Yeah. The iconic Nick. Man, there's a uh, there's a great... Um, it's on YouTube. It's like... Uh, it was the Dex Teens. Yeah. And... I don't remember what, what production was out there, but they, uh, they sat down with... Uh, I think Elliot and I don't remember, but it was it was two of the guys from Dick's Scenes. I know Elliot was in there. Yeah, and uh, they were being interviewed about what it means to be playing at the Nick, and it was like ten years later. And uh, Elliot tells the story of uh, you know he's trying to convince his dad that he wasn't wasting his time or his life by making music. He invited his dad out to. Uh, to the Nick, the first time they were ever going to play there. And it's like a lot of people know, like, uh, the Nick is one of the most iconic places in the state of Alabama. Oh, yeah. Without, without a doubt. And, uh, he, you know, he's talking it up with his dad. He's like, yeah, come out to the Nick. It's going to be, I mean, this is rock and roll. Yeah. And uh, we're playing at one of the most iconic places in Bur- Birmingham and in the whole state. And uh, we'll just have to see what happens. Nobody comes. But his dad does. Damn. And they're getting up on stage and they're sound checking and uh, his dad walks up. So this is the big times, huh? (laughs) That's the thing with the Nick, though. You never know. Either there's going to be a hundred people there and you can't even get in the door or it's going to be you, the bartender, and some guy. And that's it. You know, and you never know how the shows are going to go. But anyone who's anyone has played the Nick. Anyone. Jane's Addiction, the Chili Peppers... Taylor, the Dexatines, Drive-By Truckers, mm-hmm. any of your favorites, they played there. That's the, if you're a musician and you're around, that's the place you got to play. Yeah. And there's a, there's dreams, man, that uh, uh, you have uh, the Standard Deluxe just outside of Auburn. Yeah. Uh, you have Callahan's down in Mobile. And, uh, like, we have the Sunstroke House in Columbus. Um, you got... Uh, 40 Watt in Athens. The, yes. Uh, the Blue Canoe in Tupelo. 
Uh, there, there are these venues all over the South to where it's exactly what you said. Anybody who's anybody has played there. And there's usually something like uh, at the Blue Canoe, you can look at, you can walk up on stage and there's uh, plank boards as the backdrop. And everybody who's played that stage has signed one of those planks. So you, Tyler Childers, and the, on and on and on, right? Um, the Glass Hours, who were just in Birmingham, that's Brad Armstrong, 13 Ghosts, Dexatines. Uh, he's been up in New York for some time. He's working with uh, Megan Barbera, and they have a duo, and uh, they'll be playing at the Blue Canoe soon. So this episode comes out, and you see that advertised. Go see that show. But, uh, man, that's that's the thing that dreams are, are made of. I go back to that uh, Elliot interview, and it's like anytime like you or somebody is playing a Nick, it's like it, it just doesn't feel any more rock and roll than that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're in there. Yeah. And uh, a lot of of respect for what you do, man. Fire Camino is, uh, like, it's pure. And uh, I was very excited that uh, you came over to play the open mic at Muslim Brothers, um, the house at Beer and Pizza's building. (laughs) And once upon a time, beard oils and balms and soaps. Um, it's been interesting seeing the progression of Munson and Brothers, and uh, man, I love that outside stage. I love Munson and Brothers, man. <laughs> that is one of my favorite places to play, especially like at night when you got the lights hanging and stuff. It's mm-hmm. just beautiful, and you get you know, and Columbus is such a beautiful city. Like walking around, you know, like it's it's one of the nicest venues. Yeah, you know. yeah, and I, I wanted uh, I, I wanted Josh to uh, come play, and. Uh, wasn't totally all my idea. Um, he, he wanted to, he wanted to do it too, and um, we're about a month and a half out from Porch Fest, and I was like, "Come, come, give the people a sample." Right. So uh, he, he brought the guitar that uh, we're raffling off. It's a it's a, an American Telecaster, and it's actually sitting at Munson Brothers. He made a guitar trade last night. Yeah, sure did. <laughs> Munson gave me this. Uh, I don't know what brand it is. It's some ripoff Les Paul. It's like an EXP uh, or something. Something like that. Yeah. Some Chinese something. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that'll be fun. I'm gonna tune that down to see. Do some like Melvin's type stuff. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, nah. Thanks for letting me come out, man. I feel like I'm having to recut my teeth because, like, man. I ain't really been playing shows. I've been working so much. So, like, you know, with St. Patty's and Porch Fest and everything coming up, I can't just go from nothing to, you know, you got to get back at That's what I love about them open mics, and I want to thank you because, like, it's so important for a city, whether it be Birmingham or Columbus or Starkville or whatever, like, if you want to build a good music scene, you got to have a good open mic. And the open mic that you put on down at Munson is like one of the best ones I've ever been to. Holy cow. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, you've built something really beautiful and special down there, man. Uh, man, that is... Uh, that's, that's one of my favorite things that I do, and it's every two weeks, every other Thursday at Munson's. And... Uh, as someone who has frequented a lot of open mics, uh, 
you can you can see um, you can see like a vision or the potential of something and uh, this is no disrespect to any of those open mics over the years but um, they never hit the gas no and uh, like Mark helps me run it he was running sound shout out to you buddy um, and then that dude's awesome yeah yeah I had a great time with him last mm-hmm. night <laughs> Oh, the whole crew, man. Yeah, they're all great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of our locals came out last night. And, uh, I mean, and, and they're really the ones that make the open mic shine. But, man, I am, I'm all gas. No break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, you know, like, really, your open mic and the Nick is the only two open mics I can think of where, like, they'll bring in people from out of town or bigger acts or whatever just to you know don't get me wrong you still want your local people you want your people mm-hmm. starting out but it's great when you go out on a monday or a thursday and it's like oh shit i can see fire camino or i can see you know early james or handbagby or you know yeah like it's special you know it, it gets people excited and when you're starting out too you go oh shit i get to share a stage with those guys you know Put some wind under yourselves, you know? Yeah, and, like, last night, man, like, one of the things that's been great is uh, Mason has been bringing his guitar students out, and we had, like, young talent and, um, like, Presley, um, it, or Preston. It was um, it was his third one, and the first time he was, he was so robotic. It was like an animatronic version of him, like, playing. And now he's done it three times, and he's got he's been in front of the crowd, he's been up on stage, and like you begin to see him begin to craft uh, his stage personality. Yeah, and uh, and that's that's what it's all about. Man, do you remember your first open mic <laughs> that you played? Where was it? Oh, uh, I got I got thrown into this. So the first time I was ever up on stage was uh, it was my guitar teacher, and um, the place uh, at that time. In Columbus, it was a uh, it was a firefighter bar, that was the theme, and uh, he told me, "Shout out to you, Dennis. Um, I'm playing a show at the the station. I, I don't remember what it was called, but uh, come out and I'll let you sit in. And uh, but first open mic, <laughs> it was um, I think it was down in Mobile, and." Uh, we would we would end up uh, landing a residency there. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, it was a place called uh, the Pelican Reef, and it was uh, just outside, like uh, a mobile. If you went down DIP, like you were going to Dolphin Island, it's a nice restaurant slash bar uh, on the left, right before you go over the big bridge to go to Dolphin Island. And after we played that open mic two or three times, uh, it was me and a, a buddy of mine. We had a, a a two-man project called uh, the General Specific. <laughs> I dig it. And um, it was <laughs> it it was a good showing. And um, like after our third time there, the the barkeep and the the chick that booked, she was like, "We're about to do a summer residency, and like we love y'all. Would y'all would y'all be interested in like doing a summer with us?" And it was you know every Sunday. Um, I think it was from uh, six to nine, and I mean, that's the thing about the open mic. 
And so many people who have come out and played at Monson's, that open mic, they have landed shows at Monson's because they came out. Or now I see them playing in a band with a more seasoned, a seasoned vet. Like, that's the thing about the music community and, like, to your point, why uh, open mics are so important because, like, it brings the music community together. You have locals, and I try to invite people like you out of town. And um, you have a you have a real opportunity to, I mean, it might be your first claim to fame, so to speak. Yeah. Well, I'm beyond, like, that's how I build bills. Like, whenever I put on shows in Birmingham or, you know, wherever, like, like Kid Scuba that's going to play with me on um, St. Patty's. Mm-hmm. I saw him at an open mic, and he killed it, and that's why I have him on the show. So, it's like, you never know who's in the crowd. You never know who's looking at you, you know, but that's how I build gigs of where, like, I go, well, that'd be a great opener, yeah. you know. Boom, put them, the Broken Heart Heartbreakers open for me last year. They were at an open mic. I was like, they're great. Get yep. them, you know. There you go. And, uh, man, I got to say, uh, high praise to you is uh, a lot of people, how to put this, uh, the spirit of rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, it's alive and well. Uh, songs like Rock and Roll Will Never Die, UCDC, uh, the spirit of it. And it's not just music. I mean, you, you, you can literally be rock and roll and whatever you do. But, man, uh, I always get excited to, to see you play. Great set last night. Uh, my man went shirtless, tied the American flag to his back as a cape, and uh, just sent the open mic home. Because that's what we're supposed to do. Every time you get on stage, I don't care if it's an open mic. I don't care if it's the Apollo or Madison Square Garden. Wherever you are, you treat it like it's the most, like it's the last show you're ever going to play. You know, it, whether you're playing 15 minutes or three hours, you go out there and you kill it. Because that's what rock and roll's about. You know, you go out there and you show, you know, if you got something, show it, yeah. you know. Don't hold back because it's like, oh, well, it's an open mic, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, bring uh, bring the bring the energy. Yeah, bring the fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he did. Uh, so we have plugged uh, Porch Fest April 12th, 13th at Munson Brothers. Uh, it's a Friday and a Saturday. It's free. I'd love for you to come. Fire Camino will be there. Taylor Hollingsworth will be there. Uh, I've invited people from all over the country to come play uh we're flying uh philadelphia pennsylvania uh comedians uh do rag and the deer tag that's drew montana naeem ali uh rob cruz and invited uh mike rainey um of little stinkers and dad meat and he's an author he wrote a book called on perks facebook and while intoxicated and if there was ever a book written for your toilet. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend getting the audio book because what he did, he got all his comedian buddies in the Philadelphia comic scene to do a live reading. And they'll, the way the book is, is uh, you'll have his Facebook post. Yeah. And he was definitely on perks. And like... 
And it's funny because he left this in there too, like with the screenshot of the post is like, sometime it would have only like one like. <laughs> and it would just be something like he was absolutely zooted. And you're like, and I relate to this because I, I Facebook post like that too. See, I don't ever, I ain't got no Facebook, but like I always worry about that with Instagram is because like I'll be hammered and I'll be like that's this is hilarious this, is, this is great you know I mean because in your mind you're like this is gold you know yeah. people are gonna love this and it's nothing you yeah. know it, it, nothing burger yeah yeah it's and, like uh, hey don't pour Jägermeister and Monster you shouldn't be drinking that at fucking two in the morning coming up with ideas and duct taping stuff together you know hey <laughs> so uh, yeah we and we all know that and. Uh, <laughs> We but, know it don't stop us, but, but yeah. Yeah, I still do it. Right. It's not going to stop me. But, uh, and it's always funny, like, uh, you'll, you'll make those posts at two in the morning, and, uh, sometimes you'll have a text message from <laughs> a, a loved one, a friend. Uh, buddy, are you alive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, the worst is not the text message but you wake up the next day and you look at it and you go what was I uh, what was I doing mm-hmm. I don't know about you but I always have that like fear of where like I really need a separate like business and personal account for like stuff cause I just have the one Instagram so there are times where I'm like did I send that to my girlfriend or did I post that you know what I mean? Like, there's certain stuff of where I'm like, I hope I sent that to the right person. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think about that too. And like, um, so on Instagram is like, it's porch talk only. Yeah. But uh, I'll do my truck rants or whatever else, and that's going on there. And that that is like, to your point, that that should be on the personal. It's like, I'm putting my business name on this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh. For better or worse. <laughs> well, no. I mean, there are times of where, like, I'm like, oh, man, I hope I didn't accidentally send this to, like, Taylor or someone, like, you know. And that happens like, to be yeah. the person that's going to come. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, but there are. There are times where you just send stuff out because you're like, oh, they'll think that's great. And you wake up the next day and you're like, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's, there's, there's shame. <laughs> Shave is still alive and well, and uh, uh, whenever I see a video like that, I know exactly what the person has done, and I, I am the first one to like it, and then I'm gonna add it to my story and be like, "You have got to check this out." <laughs> <laughs> he said it again, right? Oh man, man! But to to your point, um, ah, what's his name? On Perks, dude, uh, Mike, Mike, um. And the little stink he's the little stinkers guy, yeah. right? Yeah. Deer rag and a deer tag are hilarious. You really are booking some great people for Porch Fest. Like, this thing's getting bigger and bigger yeah. every year, man. Like, it's getting wild. Like, last year was packed out, you know? And yeah. you had a stacked bill, and now this one's this, insane. It's even more stacked. Yeah. And uh, we got Shake It Like a Caveman, uh friend of Taylor's. Uh, he's coming down from uh, Chattanooga. But uh, I reached out to him, and I think this is it. And it's 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 learning how to do it. Uh, man, the first few porch fests I did, it was just like most things that I do is it's just thrown together on a whim. Yeah. 
uh, not a whole lot of planning. It's just uh, I make a couple phone calls. Hey, let's let's do this. And I don't know if you, yeah, you know it well, uh, booking shows. But uh, musicians are some of the hardest breed of people to work with. Yeah, they're terrible. To all those musicians out there that I know that listen, you're the worst. You're the absolute worst. You, why can't you answer an email? Like, do, do no musicians have it? Most phones have an app that's the, the, the Gmail right there on your phone. Every time I book something or I have to talk to the Nick or Saturn or whatever, as soon as I get that email, I get a little boop. And it comes up and I answer the damn thing. But if I send somebody an email, mm-hmm. check your email. If you're a musician, look, you practice all the time. That's great. Change your strings. Do you know? Check your email. Just check your email. Right now. Check it right now. Just keep the podcast going in the background. But check the check your email. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I mean... <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to get so upset. <laughs> oh, no, man. It's, uh, it's, it's the choir here, baby. Uh, but... You'll uh, you'll get the phone number or email. You'll contact. You'll contact them on social media and be like, "This is what I have going on. I want to involve you. Are you down?" Yeah. And then it comes closer time, and thank goodness, man. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, I've been in the game long enough now, and I've been doing it long enough. But it used to be like I've had people like tell me a couple hours before, sick, not gonna make it. Yeah. Or uh, a week or two out, something come up, not going to make it. Both of those situations really suck. Yeah. It's but uh, now we're getting to a point to where, like, they're letting me know months in advance because, like, uh, with the way that I'm learning how to book Porch Fest is the moment that this one is over, I'm already looking at next year. We're already booking next year. And so the Stiff Tones, uh, Fire Camino, Taylor Hollinsworth, like, um, these are people that I consider to be stables not only to the podcast, but also the events, the real-life thing. And that was something special that I saw about Porch Fest is uh, when you think Porch Fest, these are the people that I want to bring to your mind. Handbag me. <laughs> you want me to be the face of this thing? <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's the uh, it's the spirit of rock and roll that you bring, man, and it's, well, it's, it's like, rare. Just like you mentioned with everybody else, like Ham and Taylor and the Stiff Tones, like all these people, they do it because they love music. And to your point earlier, you're talking about when you started this thing, Kennedy and some of the f- first Porch Fest, like you did it because you wanted to do it. It wasn't because it's like, oh, well, money or whatever. It was like, no, let's put on a really kick-ass show. Mm-hmm. I, that's what all of us had. We all have that same mentality of let's put on a kick-ass show, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, last night wasn't my best show in playing. Uh, I think you have those nights. Um, the second porch fest at my house in Kennedy, uh, and a friend of mine and someone I have a tremendous amount of respect, Abe Partridge. Yeah, uh, he was there. And he set up his road mic and recorded my set. And I thought it was one of the worst performances I'd ever done in my life. At my own house. <laughs> Damn. My own my own my own thing. And he recorded it and afterwards like he walked up to me and he said, That was a great set. 
and I was like, well, that was the first time he had ever seen me live. Yeah. And like the uh, the bones of it was there. It was just that wasn't the way I practiced. Yeah. That wasn't that wasn't what was. Oh, uh, the there band. ain't nothing worse than that of where you go. Ah, oh, I, I know it's, it's, what's it's, there. I know what I can do. <laughs> I, I left. I if, you, you know, it's almost like you know, in sports they say you know leave everything on the field. Yeah. And it's like uh, I ate my lunch and like I I didn't leave everything on the field. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how I felt about uh, last St. Patty's. Well, last St. Patty's, I got too hammered and ruined the set. But, uh, like, was... all right. So, for this St. Patty's, so last year I was supposed to record it and put it out as a live album and didn't work. Uh, remember, I taped the recorder to the ceiling? Oh, the warmest welcome I've ever received. <laughs> uh, dude, and I, I still have the live recording of uh, Georgia. See, you killed it. You killed it that night, and I feel like I bombed. <laughs> I thought, I, like, once again, like, that was my first, uh, no, it wasn't the first time I, wasn't the first time I saw you, but, uh, like. No, it's the first time we saw in person. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was the first time we ever met, because yep. we had just talked on the phone, and yeah. then, that's another thing, too, we talk on the phone all the time, this me being here is amazing. Like I'm have so happy to be here doing the pod like in person. In person. Because yeah. it's funny, we talk on the phone all the time and it's like, damn, we should be recording this. We should yeah. be recording this. And so yeah. to finally be here and doing it, it's nice. Yeah. Try I mean tried to do it last night after the open mic and uh we had too much to drink. Yeah. I, I did personally. I can't Oh no, I was gone, but I just I can. I'm a career alcoholic. I can talk all day long. You know. I can. I consider myself to be, but like that is the, the number one thing that goes out the uh, the window after I've had too much to drink is uh, I, words. See, <laughs> I couldn't walk and you couldn't talk, but together we could kind of make it work. We had we had half a human. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. can take this show on the road. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, dude. Uh, but yeah, it was Upside Down Plaza, and uh, yeah, that was the first time we had met. Yeah. And uh, I got there, and it just so happened the Stiff Tones were playing at the adjacent bar there. And so uh, had time, went and caught their set. I walked over to Little Italy's, and Ham was playing. Uh, I think he was playing with Anna Hope that night. Really? At uh, Little Italy's. And um, then it came time for the Fire Camino show, and... Uh, Man, you let me uh, get up there and well, play Georgia, and Taylor was there, and I was like, "Hey, Taylor, don't don't unplug. Yeah, stay up here with me." <laughs> <laughs> it was cool seeing y'all play together, man. Y'all got to do more of that because uh, I feel like his guitar playing goes well with you know. It's and it's that, that's just always a that's a privilege, man. And I, I think that uh, that's a, that's another beautiful thing about the scene is, uh, man, I. Taylor Hollingsworth versus the world, dude. Yeah, like, honestly, uh, I th- I, he's one of the, the the best guitar players I know and a phenomenal songwriter. And I mean, like you look at it, like over the years, uh, Phoebe Bridges, yeah, uh, Connor Oberst, like some of the some of the things that he's done. And he's so humble. humble. Mm-hmm. I think, like we kiss his ass all the time, but because yeah, we love way, him, I mean, he yeah. deserves it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But like. I remember being a kid, and not a kid, but like 12, 13, and hearing uh, Upside Down Mountain, that Connor Oberst record. 
and it like blew my mind. So I just went down this whole rabbit trail of Oberst and uh-huh. uh, got into the Mystic Valley Band. I remember watching documentaries on the Mystic Valley Band and seeing Taylor and seeing Macy and all them and never knowing they were right downtown. You know, I mean, they're 20 minutes away. I thought these were these big rock star guys I'm never going to meet, you know. Yeah. And then I started seeing Taylor around. And then we would bump into it. Like, we'd bump into each other at the thrift store over there in Ironville. And then before you know it, we had a friendship. And then I'm in his basement recording a record. I'm like, how did this happen? I remember being a kid watching him on a dvd and now here i am in his basement like it's larger than life every time i get to experience that and i mean the, know, the, it's the crazy saint, the saint patty's day i mean you you booked him in like i mean you said it yourself is uh in what world does uh taylor open for fire camino yeah <laughs> like it's i always feel like i'm getting away with something every time i book him and he's like yeah i'll do it and i'm like Oh, <laughs> you know. Oh, same dude. Like porch fest. I mean, this is his uh, third one, third oh, one, yeah. third one in a row. And um, every time I like, I ask him uh, to to do something for me to help me with something. And I mean, he is he's the most played artist on porch talk. Like, if it ain't a Taylor Hollingsworth song, I mean, it's uh, it's the blips or yeah, you know, like there's something Taylor involved. And man, I. I'll never forget the, the first time that I saw him play. Uh, it was a uh, it was Brad Armstrong. That's Thirteen Ghosts and the Dexteens and now the Glass Hours. Um, and Taylor, they were uh, they split a show at the Sunstroke House, which is a it's a house show venue downtown Columbus. And it was one of my first shows at the Sunstroke House. And I remember I was sitting up front, and me and Taylor were this far apart. Yeah. And he opened up his set with Westphalia, which is my favorite Taylor song. And uh, which I mean, tap dancing dead is like in like some of his newer stuff. For me, it's Trail of Tears. Trail of Tears is great, dude. Trail of Tears, like I cry every time I hear it live. Like I do. Like I get choked up every time. Yeah. Yeah. It's something about that song. But uh, I remember, like, he opened up with Westphalia, and uh, like we're. Five seconds into the song, you know, and the song opens he's up. He's just ripping the whole time. Ripping, he's, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's ripping it. Yeah. And I remember like having to pick my jaw up from the floor, and I was like, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> and you know, like after the show, talking to to Brad and Taylor, and at that time, porch talk. It's, it 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 was getting experience about it. Like that was uh, I was actually getting off my porch, and I was beginning to interview people. Yeah. And I was like. Man, if I get Taylor and Brad on the show, this show's going places. Cause I, you know, it was the same thing as you, like uh, Mystic Valley Band and all that, and like this idea of like, man, these people—they're larger than life. And I was like, how is not the whole world a fan? Right. Like to your point, like fucking one of the things that's made me the happiest. Is, all right, so. First time I ever saw Taylor was at the Syndicate Lounge, and it was Dev Fingers. Dev Fingers was opening for Phoebe Bridgers at the Syndicate Lounge. So this is back before Phoebe Bridgers was fucking anybody. And uh, it was like 20 people there. 
you know, it was packed out because Syndicate Lounge was this little bitty yeah. bar above Pizza Hut. It was great. But, uh, you know, it wasn't a big show. That was the first time I ever saw him. And uh, then, you know, you'd see him around town and he's playing like... I've seen... There have literally been times where he's played the Nick or Lil Italy and it's been me, him, and the bartender. That's it. You know. But... Uh, Phoebe Bridgers came back around. This is after she's been big, and you know, and uh, they played Avondale, and Taylor opened. Mm -hmm. And to see that many people, I didn't give a fuck about Phoebe Bridgers. I mean, she's good, and I liked her set, but that wasn't you know. But to see Taylor with that many people listening to him and fucking, I was like, this is how it should be every night. This is you Mm -hmm. know, he should get this much record. And it's funny because people like Jesse, my buddy. People that really aren't musicians or know anything about music. Jesse asked me all the time. He's like, why isn't Taylor huge? And I'm like, I don't know, man. And he yeah. goes, he's better than anything else on radio. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, one of the main reasons like why I play his music so much on the show is I was like, you know, treat Porch Talk like, uh, like it's the radio and put your best foot forward. And I'm like my opinion like that's the that's my that's my best foot that's that's the best damn thing and like i want to thank you like i so at work i listen to a lot of porch talk because like you know pretty much i'm listening to podcast or music all Mm -hmm. day long you get sick of music after a while so but i found so much music through porch talk like i knew ham but really, until I heard his interview on Porch Talk, like I'd never really listened to his music. I may be saw him one time at Little Italy, but like I'd never really paid attention mm-hmm. to him. And then once you, once I heard the interview and stuff, I was like, man, shit's crucial. I gotta fucking, I gotta listen to this guy more and fucking, yeah, him and Abe Partridge and uh, man, there's so many Taylor Honeycutt. Yeah, BB uh, Palmer. Yeah, fucking. Um, there's so the stiff tones. I mean, the stiff. I would have never known about the stiff tones if not for porch talk. You know, Rose so, and God, I love them people. Yeah. They're the best. Travel the country in a hearse. They are. They like that's you know. You say I'm rock and roll. I'm nothing compared to them. <laughs> They're the shit. Like that's what I inspire to be. Of that, just like we're gonna go. We're gonna load up in the car. We're gonna drive and we're gonna fucking make people happy and kick ass and play good music. Like. That's rock and roll, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, what what Wes uh, Wes McDonald told me. Um, this has been a couple weeks ago. I had uh, I had booked Taylor, uh, Terry Holmes uh, to come play, and uh, thank God he gave me plenty of notice. He was like, uh, one of my guys is not going to be able to make it. Um, I hate to do it, but we're not going to make this porch fest. Maybe next year. Yeah. And I was like. Yeah, man. Uh, no problem. And, I, you know, I've, is it the time? Like, is it the day? Is there, is there any, like, we can move things around if if he's available. But if he's completely out, you know, he's out. Right. And he's like, it, he's, he's out. He's, uh, maybe it was a honeydew. Maybe, you know, he, his wife had something planned for him. You know, whatever. 
And uh, he was that, like, hey, that's bit me in the ass before. To, like Ranger is supposed to open. It's like my wife's got a thing planned, and it's like, come on, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean, and I know he's joking, and anybody that knows Wes, I mean, it's it's Wes, but right. He was like, yeah, man, we we all can't be as rock and roll as you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh man. I was like, Vulture Whale is telling me this? What? Right. <laughs> but yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. I hope uh, this this show and the festivals and whatever whatever else it is that we get into next is like to um, to bring all this to the world, man. Yeah. And like, my thing is, I remember Warp Tour when I was in high school and first getting into music. Uh, Warp Tour was a music festival that toured the nation. Yeah, and I'd like to be. I'm able to, not that young. <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm 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 always amazed, like people my age that never heard of it. Really? Yeah. Damn. And uh, I would like to eventually have that format for Porch Talk. Yeah. For Porch Fest, it's like this is actually what we do for a living. We tour the we tour the nation. Hell yeah! I mean, that'd be awesome. Different people, and you know, and like depending on what part of the country is, like uh, you know, maybe you can't make the uh, the September run. Right. You got whatever whatever's going on. Well, what part of the country we're we gonna be in? Oh, we'll, we'll pick somebody up, and like the show goes on. Yeah. Yeah. And like I, a traveling I, road show. Yeah. 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 The circus. Right. <laughs> But yeah, I, th- I think that would be, it, it would be incredible and like uh, getting closer to uh, Porch Talk, Porch Fest, continue to set itself apart from everything else. Like um, two or three years ago, uh, I was doing a few interviews up in Memphis and some of the musicians I was interviewing up there like they were getting familiar with porch talk and they were like are you familiar with joe pug i was like no and they was like well he has a podcast called the uh the working songwriter and y'all's interview style is very similar i think you would dig the podcast and then like lo and behold like a couple months down the road is I was listening to his show, and I had heard some of the interviews and some of the people that he's had on, and we're talking American Aquarium and um, high caliber. Yeah. And he asked great questions. And then, like, we had both had uh, Erica Winterstrom of the Heartless Bastards. We had both had her on the show. And I listened to his interview with it, and I thought it was dog shit. And then, like, I've had her on twice yeah. now. And I would, I would put my interviews with her against anybody who's ever interviewed her because that was I'm a huge Heartless Bastard fan and I was like we're about to jam hell yeah and uh, like at that moment I was like man if he's he's acclaimed in the the musician world as a great music interviewer and a great musician and I'm kicking his ass you know what I think the beauty of Porch Talk is is it just feels like talking Cause you know, I mean, we've all heard interviews before yeah. of where they're just like ringing off questions, like you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, is this a deposition or is this a fucking interview? Like what, you know, yeah. like where as poor song, it just feels like people shooting the shit. 
you know and like that's where i feel like you get to really know an artist yeah. it's not like you know mm-hmm. who were your influences growing up you know yeah, we like, will talk about that right but but it, it comes around in a natural way you mm-hmm. know versus you know and you get little tidbits and stuff from conversation that you wouldn't get if you were like forcing it you know there's nuance to it that's the word i'm looking for yeah yeah man and i mean man i appreciate the high praise and like i mean what you said about like uh, i drove all the way to mississippi just to kiss your ass <laughs> oh, shit. no no but uh like uh scott levi jones uh he recently came on the show it's his second time and since his first time like he's become a listener and that was the first thing that he said was i have found so much new music because of your show yeah I was like, that's what that's what we're all about, man. I've, I always liked what Monk did on Alt One O One Seven in Tuscaloosa. He had a show that aired every Saturday night, Indies only. And a lot of the people that have come on the show used to be on that radio show uh, that no longer exists. And like, it was it like college radio. I used to I used to love listening to college radio, especially when I lived down in Mobile. I thought. They had a pretty good college radio station down there. It was called The Zoo. Which, oh, that's a great name for a radio station. Yeah. And, uh, like, great music. I mean, they were playing uh, St. Paul and the Broken Bones. And I was like, this has got to be the only... And this is silly because we're in Alabama where they're from. And you never hear this band on the radio. And they're unbelievable. Right. And The Zoo played them. Hell yeah. So I've become a fan of all the DJs and... You knew what time of day to listen to to get kind of that indie flair. Yeah. And I was like, porch talk all day, baby. And that's the thing about podcasts is like terrestrial radio. I know it's it's still pre-programmed in every radio and on every car, but I think it's on the way out. And uh, everybody is walking around with a device in their pocket that has a podcast app. And I was like, uh, shit we can play music and have these conversations and uh you know western as fuck that's one of my favorite instagram follows and uh they just started their own uh spotify to our those uh those deep cuts like they had a red clay strays they have some cool versions of uh one of their one of their hit songs uh wondering why i think which is the big one that's the one that's really blown up i mean the rolling stone just wrote them up oh wow we've had them on the show we've had the red clay strays um i shared the stage with the stage uh with the strays uh well i had drew the guitar player and uh brandon the front man he was still there but it was in the middle of nowhere at a uh a rv lodge <laughs> <laughs> all the down yeah and like drew played lead for me that night and it was like it was one of those things where there was something in the water that night. And I was like, it was one of my best showings. And, like, I happened to have a straight with me on stage. Hell yeah. You know? Um, but Western as fuck, they had the Spotify of all these, like, recordings that are different than what you hear on their album. And I was like, I've got all these cool cuts of songs that musicians have shared specifically on Porch Talk. Yeah. Uh, and that version, only it only lives here. I'm going to start 
asking previous guests if they mind if we make a Spotify like that. I'll give them a, a 100% of their, I don't care about the money. Yeah. It's not like you're going to make a... Dude, I've had, uh, I've had Georgia on Spotify for about six months now. Right. And I just checked... I've made a dollar and twenty three cents. You're doing better than me, man. I made four cents last year. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, I don't think I don't think people really think about that. I mean, of course, like the bread and butter for a musician is shows, and especially T-shirts, selling CDs or whatever they have to sell. That's yeah. what it's, and it, it's a, a necessary evil. Like with these streamers, like Spotify, or Apple Music, or Pandora, or whatever, is damn if you do, damn if you don't. But if you're not on there. That's how 90% of people listen to music. Right. And, like, having a CD is great and selling that CD is great, but uh, people are going to go back to their Spotify playlist. Yeah. Uh, and that's the most convenient. And if you really want people to hear your stuff, just get a distro kid and mm-hmm. just, you know. But, mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, if I wouldn't even waste time with CDs. If you were a musician, I don't see why you'd put out CDs. Like, don't pay money to get them pressed. If you want to go to, you know, Best Buy and buy some blank CDs and copy them yourself, go for that. That's, you know, because the people that are going to listen to the CDs, you know, they're not ever going to get Spotify because they don't know how to use it or whatever. So you don't have to worry about that, you know. Mm-hmm. But, like, I just, it's not profitable anymore to make CDs. But you know what it does sell? Like hotcakes now? What's that? Cassettes. Because people like the weird retro vibe because it's like a Beanie Baby collector's item thing. <laughs> so people I can't go, tell you, Ooh. I can't tell you. I've got like three or four Taylor tapes back there. Yeah. Do you even have a tape player? Nope. See? They're like Beanie Babies. People, you know. I never even broke it out of the cellophane. And, and <laughs> I want to shout out, speaking of cassettes, I want to shout out uh, Rip Request. Rip Request. Blech. My buddy Brody has a record label out in Moody, and he does cassettes, and he does like mostly hardcore punk and stuff, and he does uh, Young Division, and uh, he's putting out my record uh, whenever I get that done, if I don't blow the money. But <laughs> but it's going to be cassette, you know, and people will buy them because it's, you know, it's a novelty thing. Yeah. You know, so go for cassettes. Well, I mean, I put out Jerusalem. As a single, I did Jerusalem and Vodka Sweet Tea on cassettes, and those sold, you know. Yeah, and I, they're, uh, the turnaround on it, too, I mean, it's it's cheap. Yeah. It's cheap to make, and also, you don't have to, you don't have to save 15, 20 bucks. You can sell it for 5 or 10. Yeah. And, well, I mean, it's like. people are more likely to go for it. Yeah. Well, it's like, I, I could not imagine doing vinyl, yeah. like in the headache you know, tell me about that it. that one that you did was beautiful. Don't tell, get yeah, me wrong, me, and it was it. so nice to have. But like, <laughs> dude, that project cost me like well over like after the art. Uh, I had three hundred pressed. After I paid everybody and all this and that, man, I was it was over three thousand dollars. I believe it. Well, remember, I used to do that. Mm-hmm. I used to ship out records from mm-hmm. an undisclosed company. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I got some great records from there. Yeah, you, yeah, everyone got free records from me out of that. <laughs> there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of MF Doom releases that were supposed to be destroyed that somehow made it out. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. 
um, but um, but no, I having worked with vinyl as far as like I never made it. We, we were a distributor, so we just shipped it out. But it was a nightmare, yeah. and I could not imagine, you know, doing it just as an artist independently, like how you did. I could not. Did you go through Pirate Press, or who did you go through to make it? Got a Groove Records in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got you. And uh, if I if I could go back and change anything, it would be absolutely nothing. Uh, Abe did the artwork for it. And I've had people buy that record and not even own a record player. And may or may not, it the cellophane may never be broken. And I've been to those homes and it it sits on the shelf or it sits above the the mantle and as a piece of art yeah and you know i always joke with them i was like you know one day you'll get the full experience and you'll spin that record yeah (laughs) and they was like no i'm just it's it's gonna be right there and uh man there are copies of it in canada uh there's copies of it in the uk uh there's there's a couple copies in south america and you got what it's got Abe on it. I, I got a song. Taylor's on it. Uh, BB Palmer, uh, uh, on and on. Like it's just, it's a Porsche talk record. Yeah, <laughs> and it's all. It's literally all over the world. There, there are physical copies all over the place, and that was worth it. <laughs> you. All right. Two questions. Yeah. So, you ever like, not to toot your horn. But do you ever, like, look back on stuff like that and go, oh, man, I really made an impact. Like, I like, you know. That's crazy because you're putting, you know, like, that has to be wild to me, you know, to think about the reach. and Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you, you, I, got a, I got a DM from someone in Canada out of uh, uh, British Columbia. And they were like, uh, I'd like to get a copy or you ship it in Canada. This is through Instagram DM, and I didn't. I don't know these. I didn't know them. Yeah. They, they were a fan of the show, and they just happened to see the post, and they was like, "I want a copy of that." Yeah, I'll send it to you. Well, how much is the record? Well, it's twenty-five bucks. Okay, uh, let me know what shipping is, which was almost double that. <laughs> oh yeah, if you ship anything out of the country, you know what makes no sense to me. Speaking of shipping. Why is it I can ship something to Hawaii or Alaska and it's nothing? Like, all right, if I send a letter, right, it's 50, what's a stamp now, 55 cents? Something like that. Yeah, 55 cents to send a letter to Alaska or Hawaii. If I want to send a letter to Mexico, it's like $3. Yeah. You know, and it's just a letter. It's not even like, but if you want to send packages and stuff, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And then, if it gets there... <laughs> Yeah, man. And if it gets out of the way, it's supposed to get there. Cause <laughs> golly, if you please do not bend, it's like right when our fragile handle will carry. It's like someone will fucking like spike that thing over their knee after they see that shit. Man, it was around. It was like twenty one, cause like since COVID, they couldn't FedEx couldn't get enough drivers. Yeah. So you were just getting anybody coming and picking. And you didn't know if they were FedEx or not. They just had a FedEx t-shirt, and you were like, all right, I hope this goes. <laughs> Checks out. But I remember at the record place, 
you know, they would pull up. They're not even in a FedEx truck. It's just a white truck. Yeah, they're in a box truck that's like an old, like, uh, not O'Reilly, what's it, a Penske. Like an old yellow Penske truck. And they're chunking them in there. And you're like, dude, these are vinyl records. And they're like, they don't know. They don't care, you know. Mm-hmm. They're not getting paid enough. They're chunking them in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Or, I mean, like, uh, uh, airlines. Uh, early James. uh Recently saw one of his posts where American Airlines just completely trashed like his guitar, and he's a touring musician. He was on that plane with that guitar in tow to play a show with that guitar, and he probably landed in that town, waited, saw that your guitar case was probably absolutely fucking trashed. Yeah. And then you open it up, just crossing your fingers, hoping that okay, the guitar is going to be okay. No. And then, and I'm sure he probably found a guitar or there was a music shop and he, he got it done, but could you imagine? Oh, God. Well, for me, that's how the night ends all the time with the guitar broke. So it's just like, yeah. well, we skipped a little, you know. Yeah, we did it but, pre-show. Like, that's that's the thing. Like, our, it's nice to have a really good guitar. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I I can't. I'll I'd tear them apart and not even the smashing whatever way but just like I'm rough on stuff I'm rough on trucks I'm rough on shoes like I tear shit up that's all I do is break stuff so but, you know uh, but I can't imagine like in his case because wasn't it like a Martin it was like a really good guitar yeah it was, you know? it was a nice one yeah and it's like that that would be like oh my baby you know what I mean like that's horrifying because like you know, if I put a crack in some, you know, Ibanez, I'm like, oh, whatever. I got it at a pawn shop for a hundred bucks. You know, probably was gonna smash it anyway. But if you have like some old, really nice thing, it's like, oh, that's horrific. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I don't know what point I was trying to get. I feel like an old man sometimes where I just ramble. You got to stop me. No, man. Was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I was I was just thinking about all the guitars that you broken, but uh <laughs> like that that's uh the the mass production of it I guess makes it easier. Could you imagine like if you or me like were making guitars? Like let's just say like Southside. Yeah. Like just made this custom Southside guitar for you, and next thing you know, like your your next your next reel on your Instagram is like you smashing that motherfucker. Right. Now, obviously, I mean that that wouldn't happen. But. Right, but see, that's why, like, I don't think I'll ever like this would never happen anyway. But I don't think I'll ever get approached for like, oh, here's a gear deal, you know, sponsored by whoever like we, we've seen you fire camino sponsored by fender and then they're like wait you're doing what for a product <laughs> yes uh, how many fenders have you smashed in the past it's okay if you smash the abonite they're they're dog shit anyway but right. uh, do you, have you smashed a fender oh buddy uh, <laughs> yes i have 
I'm trying to think. I mean, I still have a I still have a piece of the guitar from uh, your first show that I saw. Yeah, from uh, St. Patty's. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think the most expensive guitar I've ever smashed. Uh oh, it's a Saturn. I headlined Saturn. Um, also, shout out to Laugh Garden. It no longer exists. It was this comedy uh, duo, Allison and Lauren. Lauren's up in New York now. She's trying Whoa. to cut as comedian. Yeah, she's uh, not a great comedian, but she's a really nice person. <laughs> she's trying. Uh, she's trying. God bless her. But um, she, uh, her and Allison, or Alice, fuck it. But uh, it's so bad. They're my friends. I can't remember the name. But anyway, they would host this thing called Laugh Garden. And it was comedy. It was art. It was music. And so, like, you'd have comedians come up. And then, like, in the back, there'd be, like, people selling clothes or people selling art. My first art show was because of them at the firehouse. I was able to sell art at one of their things. And they had a band on. I was like, hey, this band's good and all, but you should put me. Yeah, you know, and they started doing gigs at Saturn. Now, like, hey, do you want to play a show at Saturn? Now I'm like, yeah, I want to play a show at Saturn. Yeah, that's and, uh, uh, that's, that's probably that's one of the that's a premier venue. Oh yeah, in Birmingham. Yeah, if there's ever a place to play, which I'll never get a chance to do that again, probably. Yeah, you know, so it's special to have that. Like you've done it. Yeah, yeah. Nobody can take that away now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, you know that the the green room and just the way um, I'm I'm gonna have them on the show eventually to talk about it. But uh, you seen the green room at Saturn? Yeah. That you know that was inspired by when their band was touring in the UK. Uh, Brian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like he saw uh, the green rooms and how, and I'm sure it was, you know part of it was probably because they were American and you know they were really putting them up, but. They noticed how nice the green rooms were over there. And then when you're playing in America, like, some of these places don't even have a room. Right. And if they do have a room, it's nine times out of ten a broom closet. Yeah. You know, like, it's not meant to just hang out in. Mm-hmm. And, like, <laughs> yeah. the, the green room at Saturn is, like, nicer than a lot of people's houses. Yeah. Yeah. It's nicer than where I stay. <laughs> yeah. You know? Insane. But, uh, uh, and New York. And these bigger cities that have more economy than what we have here in Alabama. Uh, bands have spoken so highly about Saturn and everything that they do and the way that they handle their business that uh, venues in New York and your bigger cities in the States have begun modeling after what Saturn has done. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you this. Like, for someone like me, small, local artist, I go up in the green room and, like, the fridge is full, all this stuff. And like, yeah, it's for you. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm nobody. You know, if you had like a four banger of PBR, I'd be like, all right, we're ace. This is, you know. <laughs> Speaking of which, we drank every PBR at Muslims last night. Did we? That's a fire Camino show. <laughs> Dude, I, 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 was so, I was so happy to see that. Like, uh, the fridge was like, stop. We had like three or four stacks of like seven deep. And uh, we blew out everyone, <laughs> yeah. And I know, like, because I watched, because uh, you, you have to be careful at Munson's. Like, uh, if me and Mark are drinking the same beer at on one night, it's gonna get drank out, yeah. And so, like, I'll, I'll look and see what Mark is drinking and be like, right, I'm gonna pick something else because, like, 
me and Mark like to drink. Yeah. And uh, like to drink. Well, if I've had one, I want them all. Right. <laughs> no, I get that. And, uh, yeah, dude, like, uh, to your point, like, yeah, four banger of PBRs, yeah, we're cooking. Yeah, I'm solid. And they're like, no, look, there's stuff for sandwiches. There's all these different mm-hmm. beers. I'm like, I'm nobody. Like, this is, you know, but it's unbelievably nice people there. Everyone, all the staff, you know, like uh, my buddy Nick uh, Campbell, he's the guy over box office there. Yeah. Super lovely dude, you know. And he also, um, real quick, uh, he does this thing called TVs of Terror, and uh, they do like this old, uh, like horror movie once a month. They'll show different old horror movies, and like they give out free popcorn, free pizza. Normally, there's games and fun shit that goes along with it, and mm-hmm. they do skits. Fucking great! If you're in the Birmingham area and see TVs and terrors coming up, go check it out and tell Nick that Fire Camino sent you. Yeah. <laughs> that is, uh... We're big into uh, zines around here. Like magazines. Oh! And it's not like, uh... Good housekeeping or some shit like that. It's yeah. like... These are... They're punk magazines. Yeah. And they're made by local artists and, like... It's really cool. Yeah. And I, I think that that is, apart from art itself, like music or maybe a visual, or we have a lot of great poets in this area, uh, writers, uh, believe it or not, and for all you haters out there, um, Alabama, Mississippi is like, oh, if it ain't 49th, you're 50th. I was like, yeah, okay. But a lot of creative people down there. Yeah. But <coughs> Birmingham, it's, it seems like there's, Man, y'all, y'all got some great minds over there that are, like, creating these craft events like that. And it's like, I know there's nothing new under the sun, but there ain't nothing like that. Yeah. That's wild. I, it's that, you know, it's, we keep going back to it. It's that spirit of rock and roll. It's just do <coughs> yeah. it. If you see something and you want to put it on, do it. Whether, like you were talking about with the zines or the, you know, poet or what. I mean, it don't matter what your thing is. But you got to do it. Get out there and do it. And if you're listening now, if you got something to say or what, you go and have it be heard. You know. Mm-hmm. Then next thing you know, you might be getting a DM from me and be like, "We got to have you on the show to talk about it." Right. <laughs> and then Alan will keep bothering you and being like, "Hey, man, so I, got, I think I, you're pretty cool." <laughs> I got this thing in September. I really need you. Yeah. <laughs> um. that that is that is how how it is i mean like immediately after this porch fest already be looking at dates for the following year and we'll probably already be pestering people like go ahead and give me this weekend on your calendar i don't know i don't know shit you know and just back to taylor just for a second is uh i try to set it up for him like this because i know that uh Fridays or Saturdays is his it's his bread day. Right. And so if I can book him early enough in Columbus to where he can still hit one or two of his spots back in Birmingham, well, that's gonna be a pretty good day for him. Yeah. So like That is Taylor's the hardest working man in show business. I agree. Like, I can't tell you how many times we've went, played a gig, woke up the next day hauled ass back to Birmingham and then he's like alright I gotta play at Avondale Common House you know at 11 in the morning 
you know, it's like, gum, man. We just stayed up all night playing a show and partying. And then it's like, all right, time to, you know. Yeah. Or he'll play, I mean, last uh, Porch Fest. He came, played Porch Fest. We drove all the way back to Birmingham. And he played another show. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because he went and played a show. I'm like, cool, I'm going to go home and go to bed. <laughs> like, I don't know how he does it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We always, uh, we always joke. Um, I'm always like, there's Taylor, the hardest working man in show business, because he's always doing shows. And uh, I'm like, with me, the hardest working man in show business, because I always work 60 hours a week. And I never play shows, but I'm always working. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's something I hope to uh, to get into after Porch Fest is get back to playing uh, more shows. Yeah. Uh, since since Cosmic Gravy, I'll t- I'll take a show here and there. I ain't I ain't been feeling it. Well, that's my thing of where I, like, I haven't, haven't wanted to. Yeah, like I I if I'm not a hundred percent sold on it, like hey I want it. Hey, do you mind grabbing me a water while you're in there? But if I'm not like a hundred percent, like I really really want to do it, I'm not gonna do it. You know. Like just recently, I was supposed to play the uh, the Stay Project or the Stay Festival. I don't know something down in Montevallo, and uh, I just got to looking at it and looking at the bill and stuff. And I was like, "This ain't gonna be fun. This is gonna suck." So I just didn't do it. I just told him, "Hey, I'm you know, don't play every gig." I feel like that's the worst advice. And like I know, especially when I was starting out, people used to say like. Oh, take every show you can. No. Take it. And it's like, no, dude. No. Like. No. And also know what your show is. Like, like for me, like, if anyone's seen me, you know I'm out there. I cuss. I spill beer all over myself. I smash guitars. You don't want to have that at a family, family place or a brewery or something. You know, mm-hmm. know what you are. You know, you got to have a certain level of self-awareness, you know. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, that, uh, you'll you'll get caught up in that trap quick. Uh, also, um, and I, I've gotten weird about it. And I don't, I don't know, uh, I don't know what's correct here. But uh, if I'm playing a show, let's just say I, I I got a show in Baton Rouge. Right. That doesn't do me any good if I post about it with, like, say, my personal Facebook. Yeah. Most of these people are from West Alabama or East Mississippi. Yeah. Not one of them are going to go to Baton Rouge to see this show. Right. They wouldn't even come to the free show at Muslims. You know? So, like, sometimes I feel like we're guilty of flexing on one another. Yeah. Like, they wasn't no sense in you making that post. Be like, hey, we'll be down in Baton Rouge playing this show. It's like, everybody who saw that... There is zero percent chance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, there are times where I say I'm playing locally, and I know nobody's coming to. It. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know sometimes just because of some of the bars I play at, people go, "Fuck, I ain't going there." <laughs> <laughs> Catch me uh, just outside of the open air drug market. Yeah. <laughs> like. All right, I'd love to come see you, but you know, <laughs> I want to try to keep my wallet. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
if you don't feel it, don't do it. But I'm excited to see you play more shows, man. I want you to put out another record. I do too. Like I really, I really want to hear some more of Alan, man. Uh, we gonna get there, but like, uh, like to your point, like, and hell, I think we've we've done this damn gambit on the show several times with several different people, but uh, you don't take every show. Uh, yeah, know your act, cause man, we get get caught up in that too. Yeah, is uh, I've been guilty of it. Is uh, which it's I think it's flattery, it's imitation, but like you see something that someone else is doing, maybe you're a fan of or it's a friend of yours, and you begin to uh, bring it into your act. Yeah, that's that's influence, and that's fine, and it'll never be exactly like what they're doing. It'll be a flare of it, but like, man, like, how many times uh, when you're working your set out or you're working what a fire Camino show is, it's like, how many times you get lost in the woods worried about like other things that you've seen instead of how do I make it mine? Right. Well, that's like, that's how you know if an influence is good. Um, well, not an influence is good because the influence, I mean, you have no control over that, but what I'm saying is like your use of the influence. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't want people to know what I'm pulling from. You know, like because if you come and see me and go, oh, he's doing that fucking thing that Iggy Pop did, then you know you could just mm-hmm. see him do it. I want to put on something that you know, and you pull from everybody. I mean, yeah. that's just part of it. You know, I mean, I've got an Abe Partridge song that I play. At every open I mean, mic. fuck, I played a Taylor song last night, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that's not me trying to uh, do his thing, because, I mean, I can't. But, like, uh, you know, you pu- you pull from stuff, but it's not necessarily your thing. you got to make it your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's funny, dude. I cover a couple of Taylor songs. Really? Uh, the main one I can do is uh, Simple Like You and Me. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's just it. It's I use... A, it's a fairly... It's Because, it's, like, most of this stuff is like, oh, uh, yeah, go try to cover Westphalia. Oh, did I ever tell you about the time <laughs> I tried to get lessons from him? Mm-mm. All right. <laughs> we were sitting in his basement. We were recording this <laughs> record for this chick. So I wrote a whole country record for this girl one time, and then she ended up, like, kept belling on sessions and stuff with me and Taylor, and me and Taylor got fed up with it. But I remember sitting in his basement and talking. And uh, I was like, hey, man, how much do you charge for lessons? And he's like, oh, you mean like the firehouse for kids? I was like, no, for me. And he goes, you know how to play guitar. I'm like, no, but I want to know how to do all the cool stuff. And um, he's like, ah, here, I'll just show you. And so he picks up the guitar and he goes, here, you just do this and this. (laughs) And he he goes through like all this stuff and he's just like rattling stuff off. And he does this for like five minutes and, you know, 20 seconds in, I'm lost. I don't know what he's talking (laughs) about. He's like, yeah, this is D minor pentatonic over this. And um, he's like, yeah, and that's it. Pretty simple. There you go. It just ran through it. I'm like, well, I learned nothing. (laughs) But thanks. It was the quickest guitar lesson I've ever got in my life, and I didn't retain a damn thing. <laughs> uh, it's just second nature for him. Uh, he, he uh, it's like breathing. Yeah. And uh, 
yeah, I, I get taken back by that. It's uh, something so second nature and um, make it look so easy. And then, like, uh, I don't, I'll, I'll, I'll never, I'll never get there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because there's some people that are just natural talents. Like, no, maybe not though. Maybe he had to bust his ass to get there. Right. But, I mean, I know his brother is Van is. He's great too. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I played a show with him once, I think, at the Nick, or maybe it was an open mic. But he kicks ass, man. They both kick a lot of ass. They do. Yeah. I'm like, damn it, your whole family can't be cool, you know? <laughs> Turns out, because even his daughter's good, you <laughs> yeah. know. I'm like, shit, there has to be one of y'all that's not talented, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, dead fingers. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is me and my wife's project. That, that government? <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything, I'm like, shit, man, not everything you can touch can be gold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the uh, Taylor, uh, Taylor Hollingsworth pod. Yeah. I mean, that's every time, yeah. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't so fucking good, we wouldn't. I wouldn't have, to, wouldn't have to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. But fucking, I'm excited to, uh, later this year, hopefully, God willing, uh, I'm going to record another record, and it's going to be with him. I'm excited to, to do that. You should come up there one day, man. You should talk to him about recording some stuff. Yeah. Because having him behind recording, because he's a good producer, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he really, because, like, I'm not that great, but, like... That record that I that little EP going home, like that sounds fantastic. That was something that like that was a sound that I never thought I could achieve. And then like I went down there with him and like we banged it out and I was like I couldn't believe I did it. That was a great turnout. Uh, for those listening, man, is that available? Yeah, it's still on Spotify and Apple Music and Title. <laughs> I think it's on Amazon too. But yeah, check it out, Fire yeah. Camino. Um. Yeah, go go ahead and plug that. Yeah, dude, that was uh, that was discovery. Like I think that's uh, our mutual was Taylor, and I remember like you reached out, you invited me to come to the the St. Patty's, yeah, and you sent me a couple of your tracks off of that record, mm -hmm. and uh, I was like, oh, there's no way I'm gonna miss this. And uh, I mean, that's that's how I became a fan and a friend of yours was like through your music, and I mean, hell, you reached out, and I was like, yeah, and then it turns out. Uh, every phone call we make should be a podcast. Yeah, we just became best of buds quick, you mm -hmm. know. Because you just, it's funny, there's certain people you meet in life that you just click with, you know. Yeah. And they're just few and far between, but when you find one, you, you know, hold on to them motherfuckers because they're good. Most of the guys at the uh, open mic last night, like Mark, uh, Steven, uh, Josh, yeah. other Josh, uh, Man, it, it was it was it was on site. Like first time that uh, we got to talking and we met, and uh, never stopped. Yeah. And uh, man, it's I, I used to think it was rare. Maybe it's not. Yeah. I think it's just getting out there and being. Mm -hmm. You know, that's my problem. Is like I'm. You'd never know it, but I'm anxious as fuck all the time. Like oh, I'm you, oh, you mean, you, mean uh, you disappeared like 12 times last night. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because <laughs> I was either like throwing up or praying or fucking, you know. Like, 
you would never know from me on stage or and then even just like on an on stage like even just talking with people like i don't know i have a shit ton of anxiety like it says it scares the fuck out of me to talk to people like there's some days i can't look people in the fucking eyes you know nothing personal but it's just like yeah fuck you know but uh yeah getting on stage scares the fucking shit out of me and you never know it but it does hmm. yeah you never think it no you would never know <laughs> yeah uh that's why like i'm sure there's a lot of people uh there was someone at the open mic last night i'm not gonna say their name but real anxious too you know it's like look i know it sucks it does. It sucks. You get this little pit in your stomach, and you're like, oh, the world's going to end. My head's going to explode. And it's like, you just have to do it. Once you start, and you get up there on stage, and you get it going, you can do it. It's just, uh, you got to do it. You know. Quite a few uh, people that frequent that open mic, uh, and I, I aggravate the the crap out of them. A couple, like, we got the next week is off and then we're back on so during that off week because I'm pestering people you gonna play? yeah are you gonna play? <laughs> and it, it's those people like uh, the most the most anxious and the folks I mean and they've got it yeah but like somehow like they don't think they have it isn't it funny <laughs> that the like the people that are like the mm-hmm. most talented and special they're always the ones that are like oh I don't know. I can't show it. I, you know, but the motherfuckers that ain't got nothing. Those are the ones that are like, "Hey, I got something. Come look at me." Woo! Yeah, it's like, damn, dude. I don't want to hear Jimmy Buffett cover. <laughs> you know. But hey, I'm proud of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're gonna listen. <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to give it to you. Right. Yeah, dude. Uh, that's me. Oh, <laughs> 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 I, uh, I grew up. Uh, on the stage quite a bit. It was in church. Um, uh, that's that's where I cut my teeth. I, surprisingly, like, I don't, and it's probably not unnatural. Like, a, a lot of the people that I've talked to here on the show, like, that's that's how they cut their teeth, was uh, they grew up playing in church, singing in church. Um, I did, uh, I've done stage uh, performances, like in plays and things. And when I was at the University of Mobile, dude, uh, it may have been the one of the biggest crowds that I've ever been in front of, man. We're talking thousands of people. Like it's to that point to where, and I'm less freaked out about that. Like at my go for Porch Fest this year is I want 2,500 people. Hell yeah! Like I, I don't I, like we physically cannot handle that many people, but I know like with the soccer field right next door, shut the street down, like. We can configure the speakers and, like, you can be there. We can make it work. Yeah, yeah, we'll make it work. Well, I know, like, even last night when I walked up to the gas station, like, you can hear it all the way from the gas station. You know, it's that PA puts out some, Yeah, you know. Yeah, and, like, we uh, we had the monitor toward the soccer stadium. Yeah. And that brought up people from there. Like, when they got done with that, they came directly to us. I'm so glad that soccer game ended before I got on stage. <laughs> Hi, Mom. I'm in jail in Mississippi for obscenity. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... uh I... Uh... I, no, you're shut <laughs> I, I forgot the point I was going to make, but, um... Uh, oh. Growing up playing in church. Yeah, but, you know, like, 
those shows to where, like, let's just say that uh, there's a handful of people in the crowd is more nerve-wracking to me than a, a ocean of people. Oh, yeah. And I, I think it's that, because you, you'll make eye contact with each and every one of them, like, during every song, and, like, I'll get in my own head with that. But if it's to, like, a fairly large crowd, like, you just can't make the same connection. Yeah, it don't, you know. That's why I like playing the Nick, because the lights up there are so damn bright, you can't fucking see. You know, or at least I can't. Yeah. You know, so it's like, if you can't see nobody, you can't be scared by them, because, you know, I hate playing a, oh, I'll tell you the worst room. Uh, even though it was a great bar, and I loved, you know, what they did, I hated playing Little Italy. Because it would be like everyone's boom staring like straight through your soul, and they're right there. Because the stage lifted up just enough to where it's like, yeah, you're the focal point, you know. And I'm sure when you're killing, it's great. But if you're bombing, and you can just see people just staring through, like God, why did this guy come out? You know, because I've bombed there a couple times, and I was like, ah, maybe this bar ain't for me. <laughs> the uh, the first, uh, and I haven't been back. Uh, the first time I was I, closed. The the first oh no, uh, the first time I ever played Jackson. Yeah, I bombed hard, like probably the worst show I'd ever done. I couldn't remember the words to my own songs. Damn, it was that bad. Like, oh, man, I was I was man so uh, over the moon, you know, because uh, Jackson is. I mean, it's the capital, and also yeah. like, uh, there's something that goes with that. Like same thing with I think Birmingham is like. You may be from the north or out west. Uh, if you've heard of Alabama, you know Birmingham. Right. That's probably the city that you know, Huntsville. Yeah. Um, like, shit, more people know Birmingham than Montgomery. Mm-hmm. You know. And Jackson, like, that's probably the most iconic city in yeah in Mississippi. Like, uh, countless songs written about it. Going uh, to Jackson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, even uh, Kid Rock. Uh, I feel like Jackson, Mississippi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, so it, it was cool to to have the opportunity to go down there and play and then just to totally embarrass myself, like, to a point to where, hmm, I don't know if I'm going to go back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there, that, <coughs> there's nothing more humbling than bombing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that really, that's how you grow as an artist, is it's not when you succeed, it's when you eat shit, that's when it's like, oh, you know, and when you go back to the drawing board, and that's when you really get to working on stuff. And I, I could imagine, dude, like, uh, like several of my friends over the years, and I, I, I always give them a slot at Porch Fest if they want to try their hand out, uh, comedy, like, uh, with music, man, I, I'm... I've got something between me and you. I've got a guitar. Yeah. And I'm hiding behind that. But comedy, man, like, you're holding a microphone and, like, let's say, like, you've you've done this club over and over and you've seen different crowds and sometimes if you bomb, it may not necessarily be your fault. It may be the room that night. Yeah. It It may have been a bad crowd. Right. And, like, I feel like a lot of that is out of the control. Like with music, I, you do have that aspect, but like I feel like uh, with music, it's it's always on you. Uh, to a point. 
to a point because there are some bars I've played at where it's just like you could go up there and be Led Zeppelin and they none of these people would bat an eye or care yeah. you know they don't want you there like that's the thing too of where like we were talking about know your show know your venue because there's some venues that for it's like this ain't built for music there shouldn't be music here nobody wants music here mm-hmm. if your crowd wanted music you know then that's you know it's the same with like comedy I feel like comedy only works in certain uh, venues mm-hmm. because that's what it's built for people are there to go hear jokes you know they're like if you like Little Italy is a good thing. I don't know if they ever did comedy or not, but like that room would suck for comedy because it's just like people going to have a drink and eat pizza. They don't want to hear you tell jokes. You know, it's not set up for that. Mm-hmm. Like there's just certain places there, time and place. You know. So, yeah, but like, I mean, yes, it is on you more with music, but there are some rooms that just fuck you. You know. I agree with that. Like, um, and I, I've taken these shows, and that was that's one thing that I'm thinking about. Like after Porch Fest and starting to play out again, and like the uh, the bill idea, like I was telling you about yesterday, is uh, really picking our spots. Yeah. And like these are rooms or venues that are built for music, and I want to go for more of a listening room experience. Uh, house shows uh that's on the menu yeah um theaters like thing places built for it that have a built-in crowd and like this this is what the crowd comes this is what they're here for they're not here to get a bite to eat they're not here to drink they're here for that yeah and also like lining up people like you or handbagby or whoever else is like uh hey i'm, I'm playing this show so and so time um, man, split the bill with me. Yeah, and that way, cause man, these three four hour shows are brutal. Yeah, it sucks. Like I'm, I'm tired of myself after an hour. Yeah, and like, God bless everyone else out there. You know. Well, it's like someone like me. Like you've seen my set. Like I'm running, jumping around stage, doing all this. Like I can't keep up that level of momentum for that long. I just can't. Like that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not an athlete. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like I'm, you know, a folk singer. Yeah. You know? So for my show, where like I can do a really kick-ass 45 of where I come in, just bam, and just I'm hitting it the whole time. You know, and anything less is gold. You know, because it's just I can turn it up even more. But when I have to start stretching it to like an hour and a half, two hours, yep. like I'm dying a thousand deaths. Like, it's just, it's not built for it. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, building those shows, too, man. Like, uh, when you're building your set is, um, a lot of thought goes into that. We got a Waffle House menu now at Munson's, I think. Yeah. (laughs) That stole from, allegedly, took from a, (laughs) a lot of these stories come with disclaimers. Uh, took from a Starkville, uh, Waffle House. (laughs) <laughs> but uh the one by the airport but um but uh no every like it's funny because i'll every show i do i play a different set it's the same songs more or less yeah but like you change the order because like different rooms different vibes but also too like different 
I know there's some songs that I can't do early because if I blow my voice out on song two, I still have the rest of the set. So it's like I'm never going to get through the set if, you know, my throat's fucked. So it's like you have to plan out, you know, and also peaks and valleys of where it's like. Yes. That's where you get dynamics. If you have songs that all sound the same in a row, you know, you get a lull in your set. It has to be like a wave. You know, pick yeah. them up, then slow it down. Pick it up, yep. slow it down. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the way I uh, way I try to build them. Like, uh, go fast, bring it back down. Uh, get people moving, bring it back down. Roller coaster. In a weird way, like it's like classical music. So you know how like most classical music ends with like a crescendo. Uh huh. So you have this whole thing, and it takes you on a journey. And then, like, towards the end, it ba 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 and it ramps up. That's how I like to end my shows. I know some people do the opposite. Uh, like, I know, like, from seeing, um, uh, forget it. Um, <laughs> I couldn't think of anything. So Abe, like that, uh, album he did, uh, the Live in London. Yeah. It, it starts out strong and eases you into it and then it can go into the slower stuff because he grabs your attention and then he can work his way into doing the more sentimental and because he got you invested now mm-hmm. you know and then his eases out you know whereas like mine i try to build up to this roaring crescendo and boom and that's how it, you know yep. i have uh i got about five songs that uh I like to open with, put those on rotation. Yeah. Uh, one, like you said, uh, they're they're warm ups, uh, and the, I don't think they're bad songs. It's just they're good opens. Yeah. And then song two is like, I typically I'm gonna come out swinging with like one of my best songs on the second one. Yeah. And then song three, four, five, like that that now that I have your attention. Yeah. Here, here's, here's some side B. Right. And then go back to side A for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, it's build it, man. But uh, that takes time. It does. And people think, well, you've already wrote the songs. And it's like, no, you don't understand. There's the transitions in between them and how to, you know. Like, there's a lot in building a set. And then the, the craft. Like, if, you, uh, if you're a storyteller between songs. Yeah. The, uh, man, there's there's there can be a lot of craft on it. Uh, well, like like Todd Snyder, like Todd Snyder and John Prine are both one of those guys of where it's like you're almost listening to the record to hear the stuff in between songs because they're so good of storytellers mm-hmm. and how they set things up is so beautiful, you know. Man, R.I.P. Happy birthday in heaven to John Prine. Like, yeah. To uh, and he's he's one of those stories that, like, you know, we I, I think we, and maybe it's just me, but I feel like we put some kind of a deadline on it. Like, well, I'm 33 and I haven't made it yet. I'll probably never make it because everybody everybody hits it when they're in their early 20s. Yeah, and that's a long time ago now. But John Prime was a postal worker. Yeah, after and he was like he was in the army, left the army. Yeah, was doing the post office stuff, and then started writing songs. And he started late. Now he played guitar forever, but mm-hmm. as far as writing, I mean, fuck, look at Abe. 
Yeah. You know, Abe was a preacher and all that, and then, you Air, know. Air Force, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's never too late, you know. You don't know when you're going to hit it. Yeah. And, and what is hitting it? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> everyone has their own level of success. You ever heard the story about a, there's this old guy fishing on the bank. Uh-oh. And uh, he kept catching these massive fish, and he kept throwing them back. And uh, this little kid saw this and was like, Mister, what are you doing? You're catching all these big fish and you keep, you know, throwing the big ones out and you're keeping all the little ones. And he goes, oh, I only got a six-inch frying pan. <laughs> Sometimes you got to know how big your frying pan is. Mm-hmm. You may be going for these big fish, but I don't mean you got to have them or it's going to make you happy or whatever. I go, uh, I think about uh, Will, Will Johnson of uh, Centromatic fairly prominent back in the 2000s uh, and now he's went over to like songwriter and doing solo stuff S- exclusively plays house shows and does I think two tours in the US and does a UK tour and that's a year yeah. like two US tours and the UK tour and I would venture to say that 90%, maybe more, of the populace, never heard of him, extremely successful. Supports his family with his music, but, like, he knows his frying pan. Yeah. Like, it, it ain't about, like, uh, you know, uh, being the Foo Fighters. <laughs> Sorry to keep bringing him back up. Look at Taylor. Yeah. Taylor was doing all those big things, you know, touring with people and stuff, and he's like, nah. He knew how big his frying pan was. He knew what he wanted. And he was like, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. You know. But yeah, you ain't got to be the fucking Foo Fighters. Let the Foo Fighters be the Foo Fighters. You know? Yep. Like fucking, you know. We, uh, there's a guy named uh, Andrew Wood uh, out of Columbus. He moved out to uh, Seattle uh, just before Grunge picked up. His roommate was Chris Cornell. No shit. Uh, the song Say Hello to Heaven. Yeah. That was written about Andrew Wood. All but down. Uh, the song Wood by Allison Chains. That was written about Andrew Wood. Really? Uh, Eddie Vedder, uh, Pearl Jam. They have a song written in honor of Andrew Wood. Damn. Every, every grunge band from the era knew Andrew Wood. And uh, he was a creative guy, very talented guy, but he wasn't Chris. He, yeah. wasn't, he wasn't Eddie. Yeah. He wasn't lame, but like uh, he was still the heart of it. And unless you know the lore of it, you wouldn't know. Right. And he was from Columbus, Mississippi. All but down. <laughs> I th- and I think that's the that's the next thing that we're uh, we're going to try to do is um, there's a couple of guys in town, and they've been talking to me about it since we you know, we do Porch Fest, and I think it's a great festival. Yeah. Of uh, a lot goes into it, man, and I mean it's it it is my baby. But like we're talking about um, now that I, I have a nonprofit through Porch Fest, and I've, we're moving everything more of a, a business aspect of it. They pitched the idea: why don't in the near future we start planning and do a, a festival in Andrew Woods' honor, and we'll reach out to Eddie, and because Eddie's one of the last 
surviving guys out yeah. of that era. I bet Pearl Jam would come play this. Oh, that'd be fucking sick. It's like, because Eddie loved Andrew. And if it's in his honor, and it's where he's from. Yeah. It's like, so, I mean, and, and that's that's putting the cart way before the horse. Well, it's but. like uh, fucking um, uh, from Meridian. Uh, Jimmy Rogers. Yeah. You know, Jimmy Rogers. Yeah, and Ernest Tubb was such a big Jimmy Rogers fan, and he started doing that festival, and then that blew up in his honor, you know, mm-hmm. for Jimmy Rogers. So, matter of fact, that, that festival's coming up. Is it? Yeah. All down. Yep. So. Uh, it was crazy because uh, a lot of uh, Meridian uh, Ian's. <laughs> Meridians. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, I, I saw him sharing about it. Uh, there was. Uh, Talks of changing the name of the festival or something to that effect. Why? Yeah, that's what that's what everybody was in an uproar about. Everyone knows the story and the lore of why it is. It's like, yeah, you don't know. You don't change the name, right? Yeah. <laughs> also, I mean, what else has come out of Meridian that's worth a fuck? Give it to the <laughs> joking. I'm joking. There is that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's nothing wrong with Meridian, Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad the camera's on. Right. <laughs> no, nah, we love Meridian. Yeah. Uh, I've had a couple bad experiences there, though. I have, too. <laughs> the worst hotel room I've ever stayed in in my whole life was in Meridian, Mississippi. <laughs> I've stayed in some awful hotels, mm-hmm. like terrible hotels, you know. Um, I stayed at a La Quinta there, and like there was roaches in the sink, the AC didn't work, I didn't have clean sheets, like the whole thing was a mess. But you know what was the redeeming thing about it? You got a song out of it. Well, I got a song out of it, but you smoke in the room. That is a plus. Yeah. So, and I thought I was going to be able. My favorite thing in the world is to smoke a cigarette in the shower. Really? Oh my God, that's the best thing ever. I've you never know how done people it. talk about shower beers? This kicks the shit out of shower beers. Smoking a cigarette, especially a menthol cigarette in the shower, because it like opens you up. Oh man, that's a good way to start the day. And uh, wake up the next day, and I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna get have my shower cigarette, and um, the damn uh, didn't have heat. It didn't have hot water in the uh, shower. Imagine that. Yep. <laughs> so I was like, well, this is great. Thanks, Meridian. I'll never be back. <laughs> it was. It was the worst hotel. I've never, I've never even considered a shower cigarette. Oh, man. They're the best. Yeah. Which I don't smoke in here, but uh, I might have to go to my old house and yeah, good. Give, it a, give it a rock. Good shower cigarette. I like to uh, smoking cigarettes in the ocean or in the pool. Never done that. That was fun. Dude, it must be awesome, like, being a hot tub and yes. like, have a cigar or something. That must be... Oh. Yeah. I think that's so. That's the life. I think that's the move. That's what... See, the, all this porch fest and all that, everyone thinks it's for building artists and stuff like that. It's not. We're trying to buy a hot tub. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, all, it's all a gimmick. It's, you know... Well, have we ever... Have we? Oh, it was on the one we deleted. The... Uh, we talked about my scam that I'm going to pull with a record label. Oh, yeah. Let's go. All right. So, if y'all don't know, my namesake, uh, the reason I'm called Fire Camino 
is because uh, me and my buddy in school thought up this thing where it's like, what if we pulled a 350 V8 out of a Firebird and threw it in an El Camino? So, boom, you'd have a Fire Camino. So, whenever I somehow swindle Cornelius Chapel or <laughs> or Fat Possum or whoever into giving me a record contract, and they go, oh, man, here's this money. Make sure you spend it on the record. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, for sure. I'm going to a pull-apart, and I'm buying an old 86 El Camino, and I'm going to go track down a 350, and I'm going to get a fire Camino out of it. <laughs> Hell yeah. But don't, allegedly. <laughs> that's, a, that's the name of the episode. That's allegedly. Allegedly, we'll fire Camino. <laughs> oh. All of these stories are fiction. <laughs> I, I didn't mean any of this. We've been talking for an hour and forty minutes, and my God, what uh, what <laughs> like, they always put in front of the movies? Based. The, these events are not based on or in any likenesses. Because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, yeah, or uh, based on true events and like. The whole film is just fluff, and like that one bit of truth is like just five seconds. Right. Yeah. I'm like, man, I don't remember them having giant robots at Pearl Harbor. And it's like, <clears throat> totally was. Yeah, man. <laughs> Dude, uh. Starting to sound like a Big John episode. <laughs> man, you didn't know about the big robots at Pearl Harbor. <laughs> oh, man, I miss that guy. Uh, Gotta get him back home. Yeah. He, uh,. That's off the deep end if you're new here to the program. Are you still doing Untapped and Vinyls? I know nope. we're trying to wrap it up here. But there's uh, there's one coming out Tuesday. Sweet. Cool. Mm-hmm. I love... Uh, I gotta jump on one of those, man. We'll call you Because I love doing uh, fucking... Um, I love listening to them is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, well, you'll have to have the Keystones ready. Yeah. I gotta call out Monk for that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we recorded... Uh, President's Day we did episode we had uh, sweet uh, Ryle Lowry the guy who does all my artwork yeah uh, he came by it Ooh. was a good, great episode made uh, for the first time uh, rendered Monk speechless really mm-hmm. th- th- how'd he do that did he tape him oh <laughs> 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 man me and uh, me and Ra got to jamming like uh, we got a lot in common like uh, we like anime oh yeah Monk has never seen an episode of anime in his life. What anime do you watch? Uh, I've been watching One Piece. Oh, hell yeah. Um, and then I know there, uh, I grew up on it, and there's... A billion it, episodes? <laughs> yeah, uh, Dragon Ball Z. Uh, and a lot of people, well, that's not actually anime. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's anime. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there's a, there's a, there's quite a few on uh, Crunchyroll I'm going to get into when I finally fi- finish the 10,000 episodes of One Piece. Dude. Gurren Lagann. Hmm. You have to watch Gurren Lagann. Okay. That it, and it's only like 12 or something episodes. It's not long. But it kicks so much ass. Oh. Yeah. Good plugs. Yeah. And then, uh, like, uh, it may be Ra's like me to where he's not ashamed or afraid to admit it, but me and Ra, uh, we like going to Hooters. A food? 
<laughs> Never been my. I hate their wings. That's my only problem. I with love Hooters. I, fu- I Oh I, I my think, god. I, it's 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 better than Buffalo Wild Wings to me. I don't know, man. There is nothing like going to Hooters at a happy hour, and getting a pitcher of pe- or a Blue Moon. Yeah. With the oranges, and order wings, and it's like, well, you're also a perv because you're going for the Hooters. Right. Well, that's part of the experience. Don't get me wrong. At least, well, I will say, like, yeah, but this sounds crazy, but at least, like, Hooters kind of is a little bit modest. Yeah, they're in, like, booty shorts and whatever. But have you ever been to, like, a Twin Peaks? Oh, yeah. And it's like, damn, that girl needs to wear a hairnet. What the fuck? Like, you know, like, (laughs) it's too short, man. It's confusing. I don't like it. I don't know where I should put the sauce. It's just, it's crazy. It's too stimulating. I can't, you know. Yeah, if you think Hooters is bad, try out Twin Peaks. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, it's too much, man. Yeah, dude. Uh, anything else to do? Um, oh, I guess I could plug my dates. Yes, please. Um, so, uh, March 17th, I'm playing the Nick. It was the third annual St. Paddy's Day celebration. And along with me is the legendary Taylor Hollinsworth mm-hmm. and Kid Scuba, who's going to be kick-ass, man. He's, like, great. Um, that's going to be a hell of a show. Going to be giving away guitars, probably smashing some shit. There's going to be liquor, beer. We're fucking, we're going to get turned. Um, what else? March 23rd, I will be playing the Awaken Us uh, Festival at the Talladega National Forest. And if you use code Fire Camino at checkout, I think you get twenty five bucks off tickets. How about that? But uh, it's an EDM festival. How in the hell? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm not gonna tell them. I'm not gonna tell them that I'm not EDM. They're gonna find out. I'm gonna show up with a guitar, and they're gonna go, uh. And I'm like, yeah, just plug it in. It'll be all right. Yeah. God. So if you want to see me possibly bomb or maybe kill it at an EDM festival. <laughs> If you want to see me do a bunch of Molly out in the woods, come to uh, the Awaken Us <laughs> Festival. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, what else do I got coming up? Oh, yeah. I got to get that record out. So sometime this year, I'm going to get a record out. Yep. So. And yeah. Porch Fest. And Porch Fest. Oh, yeah. Port, when's, uh, dates on 12th that? 12th and 13th of 12th April. 12th and 13th. Well, I'll be there the 13th. That's right. So come out to Porch Fest. We are. What are we doing with that guitar? The telly. Uh, it's a guitar raffle. All right, it's a raffle, and it's for the uh, firehouse, ain't it? Or where did we say the money was going? We might do the firehouse. So we're going to raffle I'll, I'll off the guitar. To, uh, I'll talk to Eric and see. Cool. I think I think that's a good idea. Cool. So we'll raffle it off. Whatever money we make will go to the firehouse or another, you know, charity. But pretty, yeah, let's do the firehouse. That'd be good. Yeah, it's teaching kids how to Te- play. Yeah, teaching kids music. Eric puts on a great thing. The blips kick ass. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, Taylor he helps out. Yeah, I think that'll be a good thing. Yeah, let's do that. I'm giving another guitar away there. That's separate. Yeah. Or I may smash it. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I'm in the inside stage. I'm going to try to, but every time I say something like that, Alan like is like, oh, God, he's going to hit somebody and we're going to get sued. Yeah. Uh, he got on my ass last year because I put him on the inside stage. He's, I think he's inside stage this year. Uh, I do do that to him on purpose because if I put him on the outside stage, I think I'm doing us all a favor. You're putting a leash on a dog. You're like, 
because you got to make sure I can't be left Roman free, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we know this allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, you got anything to plug? Man, we've uh, we plugged everything I wanted to talk about as we went. Hell yeah. Uh, man, thank y'all so much for listening. Man, fire Camino. Hell yeah. Thanks for having me, man. It's so nice to be here yeah, in person. Yeah. And hey, thanks for listening. Good night and God bless. Roll tight on that. Roll tight. Ask me if I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Count us in, Father Joshua. <laughs> One, two, three. Hot summer nights. Church parking lot, we dared to try anything once. Love in the backseat, Bible on the dash. We were young, so we thought it would last. You grabbed the Milo's, I'll grab the Stoli. Mom, let me borrow her car. Getting drunk never got me closer to Jesus, but it kept me from meeting God. Gas station edibles, box sweet tea. Lord, oh Lord, have mercy on me. Oh, what I would give to be back with all of my friends. Jesse joined the army, Tyler got married, Paco never made it this far. What I would do to be laughing my ass off in the back of Lillian's car. Well, the AC is broke, but shit, so are we. But none of that matters when you can't fill a thing. Yeah. Gas station edibles, vodka, sweet tea. Lord, oh Lord, have mercy on me. Oh, what I would give to be back with all of my friends. Years have gone, I still go to that church parking lot just to get stoned. Oh, what I would give to be back with all of my friends. Oh, what I would give if I could see you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.